Hello! Welcome back to a new episode of the Burning Eye podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Hart. It's great to be back again, even though I'm sweating in my tiny living room. But never mind. Hope you're okay all at home, keeping cool and hydrated as possible. On today's episode, I'm going to be joined by the fantastic Lena Norms, whose debut collection, Bargain Bin Romcom, is out now. From politics of ice cream to the permission slips you didn't know you needed, this is a tongue-in-cheek look at living on a planet that is filled with both doom and glitter. Lena Norms is a British poet and writer from the West Midlands. She has been sharing her poetry online for over 10 years, and her video essays have amassed over 11 million views to date, covering everything from literature and secondhand fashion to protecting the planet and surviving your 20s. Lena is a fantastic writer and a fantastic person to uh, reach millions of people and get them interested in and excited about poetry. We are excited about having Lena as part of the Burning Eye ranks because of this reason. And Bargain Bin Roncom has become our fastest bestseller to date. Uh, Bargain Bin Roncom is also number one bestseller on wordry.com and hive.uk. This book is exploding everywhere at the moment um, and we are so so excited to have it out in the world so kick back with a nice cold drink maybe put your feet in some kind of bucket or pool if you're lucky enough to have one and enjoy today's episode hello hello lena norms hello you're right i'm very well how are you Oh, absolutely smashing thank you i've survived a heat wave so i'm feeling kind of smug to be honest Who knows? Yeah, you're looking very, looking very glam today, and your with your glasses and your top knot and your shirt, very nice. Giving like little Mai from um, what is it? (laughs) You know what I mean? What am I talking about? Little Mai, creepy hippos. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about, but I will humour you. Yeah, hippos. The only hippos I know are hungry, hungry hippos. What it is? Anyway, hold on. No, sorry, I'm ruining the podcast. Fine, it's fine. Just take a brief pause here while Lena googles the thing that she's talking about. <laughs> little my, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a creepy '90s. The Moomins, you know, the little girl from the Moomins. Oh yeah, okay, I see it now. <laughs> the Moomins should have been described as creepy hippos, but like, <laughs> what I else? I like that though. I'm going to keep that in. I'm going to keep that in. Yeah. Breaking news. <laughs> Smooth as always. Oh. So, Lena, it's so nice to have you on a podcast with us today. Um, it's lovely to have you. Uh, my sort of first question is always a little sort of silly one to get us started. Uh, what was the last thing that you ate that you were like, oh, yeah, I really needed that right now? Oh, yes. Um, I had last night, um, even though it was a heat wave, I had a stir fry. And it had like mango and lime sauce. And it was so, it was so weird. Oh. It was so good. Oh. And it, like, I don't, I don't, I can't really explain it, but something about fruit and noodles seems to be an undiscovered territory. There's something there, I think, that needs to be expanded on. Yeah, no, was that something like a packet thing? Or were you just like, I've got some mango? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that spontaneous. It was just a packet. I'm not like, you know. That sounds great. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, um, as you know, I was um, on holiday yesterday morning. Uh, I came back yesterday and we had magnums for breakfast. Oh, yes. The power of adulthood. It was magical. I had a great time eating my magnum at 
10 a.m. in the morning with my coffee. Actually, Magnum and coffee goes really well together, everyone. So we just get Magnum on toast, just like smush it in. Deal this year. Yeah, you know, you've got to have some ice cream at this time of year. It's too hot. It's too hot. So, Lena, bargain bin rom com. Yes. Your first poetry book. I know. So, How does it feel to have to be a published author? It feels amazing. I am like seeing it in the wild, like seeing it in bookshops has been like very like weird. But um, yeah, it feels good. It feels like I've like taken one of my organs out, solidified it, co- copied and pasted it a few times. And now my organs are just sitting on the shelves in random parts of the world and the country. So <laughs> that was a great analogy. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that everybody would want, but apparently that's something that makes me happy. Just a little bit of you out there for yeah. everyone to take home with them. Yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, not so gory as actual organs, but... Yeah, a little bit more sanitary. Okay. Yeah, 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 totally. This is like NHS, DFS, but it's, it's approved. It's fine. Yeah. And, you know, Bargain Bin Rom-Com has very, very quickly become our fastest bestseller. It's also been number one on wordry.com and hive.co.uk. The bookseller did a whole thing around it. The copies seem to be flying off the shelves. Is this the kind of reaction that you were expecting? Um, Not quite. I I self-published like a zine that I know you guys um, saw uh, in 2019. And that was cool, but that was that was like a smaller thing and it was only five pounds and it was like very homemade. And I just posted them all out from my tiny little flat. Um, so I wasn't really sure if people would be into this, but it seems like they are. So I think that's cool. And I think um, what's been nice is that a lot of people have messaged me saying that it's their first poetry collection. And that's that's like more, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, if somebody's like, oh, actually, I read five poetry books a week and this one was OK. Like that, that would also be a nice compliment. But I actually prefer the people who are like, oh, I actually thought I hated poetry, but maybe I don't. <laughs> yeah. And I think you are all about accessible or making poetry accessible for people with uh, your very successful YouTube channel that you have, um, which you uh, reach most of these people that are sort of coming to you and buying the book for the first time. And, and yeah, giving them their first taste of poetry that maybe now you're a bit of a gateway drug a gateway poet yeah tricked them in (laughs) I lured them in with a video essay about dirty dancing and then before you know it they're on like the radical poetry pipeline heading for favor I don't know (laughs) (laughs) so you have been running this channel for like over 10 years now like when did you start like bringing the poetry into it or was that something that was there from the beginning so weirdly, it was there from the beginning. There is actually a horrific blog that, that it actually started out as. It was called Just Kiss My Frog was the blog, and it was a poetry blog. Uh, and then that is what I started then being like, oh, maybe I could read out some of these poems and do like artsy sepia videos with them, <laughs> which is what I started doing, which is why I started the YouTube channel, so I can embed the videos in the blog. Um, so it's kind of been there from the beginning, but it's not something I've always lent into. Maybe that's part of my evil master plan to trick people into following and then like splash them with some poetry. Uh, but it hasn't always been like, like the plan but it's definitely I've always uploaded um poems I remember writing one when Brexit happened and then staying up all night and writing like doing the video around it and uploading it the next day and I've always written poetry like when something big has happened that's when I've really shared stuff 
Um, but I've kind of, it's something that I've always been, it's kind of like my diary is just kind of little bits of poetry and stuff. I always kind of write it myself. But the big times that I've shared it have been around like political moments or stuff when I felt particularly annoyed. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a big thing with with poets, especially performance poets. Um, you know, a lot of us are reacting to things in real time. Yeah. Uh, and that's how we manage to uh, kind of reach people a lot of the time is sort of that reaction to the world around us and what's happening. And obviously over the last 10 years, we've had, I don't know, an unprecedented amount of things going on to, to constantly <laughs> react to. Yeah, it's like, thanks guys. Yeah, you're giving us loads of material here. Thank you so much. Um, um, so when did you decide that um, uh, poetry was something that you wanted to take further in terms of writing. Um, obviously, you're talking about your zine that you put together. I'm a very big fan of people starting off DIY and doing that kind of uh, zine type um, curation because I feel like that's a really good place for you to get an introduction into what it's like to put an actual poetry collection together. So was Bargain Bin Rom-Com something that was sort of brewing around that time that you did that zine? Or did you have a bit more of a pragmatic approach where you were like, I'm going to see how this zine goes and then maybe we'll start thinking about possibly a book? Yeah, definitely. So when I had the zine, I did have a lot more poems that I wanted to put in, um, but I wanted to keep it zine sized. So uh, I definitely had a lot more poems in the bag. And I actually did think I was going to call the zine Bargain Bin Rom-Com. Uh, but my partner Craig was like that's actually a really good title you should save it <laughs> so I did so the poem Bargain in Rom-Com which is named after the collection is in the zine um, but I saved that title for later so the zine was called Doom Rolling Glitter um, so in that way I kind of did think oh maybe at some point I will but um, like talking to Clive and yourself like definitely gave me the confidence to like put, put one together properly and like really think about it so I think it's something that I was like oh maybe I'll do it at some point but um I don't know, I find the best inspiration is a deadline. <laughs> so having having like having conversations with you guys and you you supporting me and stuff like made me really like be like, right. Cause I had for Bargain Bin Rom com, I ended have up having like 120 poems, I think, or 110 poems that were good enough, I thought, to maybe make the collection. So, you know, I, I definitely always had like enough poems, but they didn't all live together consecutively in one house and like know each other and they, they weren't all friends yet. I had to like that was the part that was hard. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd always wanted to. <laughs> That's obviously always, if you write poetry, you're like, oh, I would love to like put that in a in a little organ book. And yeah, so definitely. Yeah, and I was sort of going to lead on from that really to ask you what the sort of challenges that you faced in, in putting the collection together there. So then you were just talking about, you know, whittling down the, the, the right amount of poems for the book. Um, was there anything else that you found particularly challenging about putting together your first collection? Yeah, I, I actually read, there's a book, uh, I think it's published by Nine Arches and it's called How to Be a Poet. And it's Great Joe book. Camel and yes. Joe Joe Jane Camane. Jane Camane. I was like, it was like a name that rhymed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's an amazing book. And that actually really helped me do the order. That was something I felt a bit intimidated by because quite honestly, as a poetry reader, I, I don't know if it's controversial, but I don't read poems in order in the collections. Do you, do you? Like, do you always read them in order? Or? I read them in order, but then I don't really pay attention to the, you know, I don't really put, like if I'm reading a, a collection of poems 
from someone I, I'm like, you know, I picked up a book at a gig. When I read the book, it's not like I'm thinking about, oh, yeah, that person's really thought about the order of which their poems go into. Right. That's not yeah. something that sort of enters my mind, really. Um, and, and then also the same when I've been putting my own stuff together. Like the order is very much sort of the last thing. And then I'm, you know, I'm sort of like, oh, yeah, that'll do. It's a bit of a hash thing. Because, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that will just pick up a page and, and kind of read it from there and uh, and and skip, really. So, yeah, that is something that I don't know if a lot of poets do that or not, <laughs> or yeah, read it. I don't know. I think, like, I've... I've it's probably something that's, that if you do read it from beginning to end, you don't realise, like, what thought's been put into it, and you're just like, oh, it just works, I don't notice it. Yeah. So, and because I'm not that kind of reader, I was like, oh, I need to think about this properly. But then I think also because I'm somebody that dips into poetry books, I was like, right, every poem in this collection needs to be good enough that if somebody just skips to that poem it still makes sense and it's okay it can't like just depend on the poems before it and after it so so that kind of influenced it but yes putting together the order was something that I hadn't really thought about before and I don't think there's any proper formal training on it or anything it's, it's more like it's just a feeling <laughs> so like that was that was interesting and I I ended up I went to my local library and I printed out all of the poems and then I laid them all out on my flat floor and then I just went and just reshuffled them and then like stood back and was like okay and kind of like a painting I was like yeah these these two poems look like that they get on like that those no it's, well, it's too sad over here like all the sad poems are grouping together like we need to split them up this is this is such a downer so I think in that way I just physically did it but I did that with my like uni dissertation as well like because my uni dissertation was a total mess I ended up printing it out cutting out all the paragraphs <laughs> and then wow. physically sellotaping it back together and being like okay wow. so maybe that's just how my brain works but I, I need to physically see it yeah I think it's a very common thing to do the whole print out the poems and make a carpet of them on the floor and do that but I liked what you were just saying as well about wanting the book to have that element where a, a person can just open it at any page and be drawn into that and I think that's a really good way of also whittling down the poems for the collection if you've got loads as well you know there's always a tendency I think there's a lot of books out there with like full collections it's very difficult I think for a first time when you're a first time poet um, publishing a, a book for the first time especially a full collection it can feel like quite hard to have something that from beginning to end works without having that sort of dip in the middle where you're just like, oh yeah, I found this in a shoe. So I'll just shove that in there to yeah. get the page count up. Whereas that idea of like, I want every poem to potentially be the first poem for anyone that's going to pick up the book is a really good way of strengthening the stuff that's in there and really making sure that it's really all of your best work in the book. Yeah, totally. And I think there were some poems that I didn't think were good enough, but I liked the idea. <clears throat> and I thought it'd be sad if that idea or that like point wasn't in the poetry collection. So then I just went away and made myself rewrite a poem on that theme. Because I was like, uh, just because I was so attached to the theme, I was like, oh, I've got to like keep this poem because I love my snarky little point I'm making. <laughs> I was like, well, are you just going to have to write another poem? This one's not good enough. Go. Like, you know, so I think that's that was also interesting. There's definitely poems that I wrote very much towards the end because of that because I was like this this needs to be said but I I can't you know yeah and you've got a, such a great collection together you know it, as you say like any page you could turn to it's a great poem 
it's punchy you've got some great characteristics in there and you've got all that um, original illustrations peppered in there as well which I think you know the whole book is very you as a writer it's it's your identity um all over that book which I think makes it such a strong and brilliant collection um in terms of like being part of a poetry community is that ever something that you felt like you were part of or was sort of doing the YouTube channel that was your kind of community um a bit of both like before lockdown like I've been part of writing groups a lot before before lockdown I was in a great poetry group with Erin Bones who's also one of your poets I love Erin so much I know she's so good (laughs) so I was in a poetry group that she ran and she ran workshops and then after that we kind of just stayed like a little poetry group and we met up all the time so that was really lovely and I co-write a lot with friends online so like like friends around the world or stuff like that I'll do a lot of and that's either they'll be writing a novel and I'll be writing poems or you know so I've done a lot of that and then during the first few weeks of lockdown I did a poetry lock-in so every day for a week this is the first week of lockdown over I was like why are the supermarket shelves empty what's going on (laughs) um I did (laughs) I did a week where every day I'd get online for like an hour on YouTube live and just I either read out like I think I was doing colors so I had a book of colors and I read out a color and the history behind the color or something and then I was like right we're gonna write together now (laughs) um so I did that during lockdown and that was really fun and then I also um let in 2021 no 20 the end of 2020 I did that for National Poetry Day as well I did it in collaboration which you were on (laughs) an incredible guest yeah yeah we did the the lock-in so so I've done a lot of like online prompting poetry as well which has been fun but I'd love to just keep doing it and I've I've controversial moved out of London (laughs) I'm part of the cool club now (laughs) people who don't live in London but still make art weird um (laughs) so yes so I want to find people in the Midlands to write with in person I think that's that's definitely one of my goals yeah and I think as well you that you know that West Midlands area is very rich with some great poets You've got the Birmingham scene there, which just seems to be blooming wildly all over the place. Uh, there's some great stuff going on in Leicester. Like the whole, I've, I just feel like the whole like west of the country, I'm including the southwest in that because, you know, Bristol represent. It just has like some absolute beautiful counterculture to the London poetry scene. No offence, London, you know. But I think a lot of a lot of what we um, see and hear about poetry is really around sort of London and the opportunities around London. Whereas having someone like your like a high profile person like yourself coming and and representing the the west of the country, I think is is only going to push us up there, you know, into that gang war. Yeah. Know, not really a gang war. But... <laughs> yeah. Everybody outside of London. That's the that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right yeah. And in terms of like live performance, like how have you found that transition from doing mostly sort of online screen sort of things to that, okay, now I've got a book and now I'm reading it live in front of all of these people? Yeah, well, I think a lot of, because I have performed at a few poetry nights, before, but not that much really, and not for a long time. But um, I was like a little theatre kid. So I did a lot of training when I was a teenager around performing in general. And um, I also do a lot of Amdram. So I was just in like my local musical 
that is amazing um, and stuff like that so in some ways I'm like oh I'm so unprepared and especially after the pandemic I'm like how do I perform in public but then your training kicks in and you're like oh yeah I can this is a thing that I've actually trained to do like it's it, it'll be okay so I have been really enjoying it and I think also like I've just done also festival which was really fun and that was like on sofas and it was much more conversational and um I kind of could just have conversations with the audience and tell them little stories and stuff so it felt actually a lot easier than playing a character <laughs> um it's just like having a little chat with everyone so so um yes it's yeah been, it's been fine but I there are parts of me that are like oh no I've got to perform in public again oh no um but yeah it's been okay and I think also like when you perform those poems that you, that you just feel really comfortable like that, that feel familiar to you and you've done quite a lot um and then other ones that you're like oh no this one's really vulnerable here we go and I kind of sandwich them when I'm performing I sandwich the really vulnerable ones in between ones that I'm like oh this is an old friend this one's fine <laughs> so yeah yeah I think that's really good and uh, like I come from a theatre background as well and, and it does it really does kick in you're like confidence all of a sudden da, da, da. Yeah, you're feeling like oh no I don't know what I'm gonna do and then you just like get on stage and you're like something weird that you can't control just like starts kicking in and whirring in the background and you're like oh it seems like I'm doing it yeah and it's lovely as well to have that sort of like immediate reaction and that immediate validation to the work as you're doing it you know people uh, reacting in the audience and then like at the end you have that like little interaction with people that want to chat more about the book like it's such a lovely like space to have and then like and I, I say this to everyone that we publish as well like you never know who's going to hear your poems and that's going to have like a lasting impression on them and they're going to take that away with them and and maybe write something or like you say read their first poetry book um and then like hopefully move on and, and find other artists that they you know Erin Boland's kind of you know <laughs> kind of vibes as well um who are you influenced by who's your poetry inspirations Oh, um, so I have loads. I think it's hard to like whittle it down. But when I was thinking back to like the kind of instinct I have to rhyme stuff and like I really I just can't stop myself. I'm just like, it's got to rhyme. Otherwise, what what's the point? Um, <laughs> like when I was growing up, I really loved like Jabberwocky and like um, Lewis Carroll's nonsense poems and A.A. Milne's nonsense poems. <laughs> I just like a lot of nonsense. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so that definitely inspired me in that way. I really loved Laura Dockwell's work when I was at uni um, and uh, Kay Tempest, of course, they are amazing. And they're performing at Latitude, which I'm about to go to. So I'm yes. going to be the person right at the, right at the bar, like with the bar at my neck. Like, <gasps> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, definitely um, that. Also Saul Williams and um, like, there's just there's just there's loads of people and I think also I have like a folder on my computer where I just take pictures of all the poems I really love in collections and put them all together so in some ways it's like I don't have that many favorite poetry collections but I, I have this folder of like oh this this and you know Alice Walker's stuff is incredible mm. and I feel like a lot of her stuff has meant a lot to me <clears throat> Jackie Kay oh my gosh okay Oh, so yeah. so yeah and then there is obviously like when you're at school you read some Caroline Duffy and we can't we can't disregard her influence on my life <laughs> even though it feels like everybody you know it feels like a hackneyed answer at this point it is a very controversial thing that GCSE anthology 
Yeah. That, 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 you know, that, that Havisham poem that Caroline Duffy had in there, that was what got me into poetry because I was like, this is spiteful and angry and there's a swear word in it. (laughs) Wow. You can swear in poems. Um, I really love that. Like you taking like pictures of the poems and creating a folder on your computer. I have the worst memory ever and I'll read an amazing collection and then completely forget everything that I've just read. Um, And that is a great idea. And I think top tip for anyone listening at home that also has that same thing. I mean, because there's so much poetry out there that could be a bit overwhelming and yeah, you might forget, but like that is a really, really great tip for anyone listening to um, start compiling your favorite poems in a folder to refer back to and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I would like to categorize them. Do you know what I mean? Like happy poems, sad, but you know, if that would be, that's the next stage of that process. But that would be fun. But it's I good. Would love to see that like when people are like, oh, I need a, I need like a poem for a wedding, or like, oh, I need a, my my friend's person's died, like I need a bereavement poem. I'm like, I'm I'm there. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that's great. Yeah hyper categorized look at you you're just so organized yeah because I'm very naturally chaotic so I have to plan for that (laughs) I know that my default setting is absolute chaos and and um grubbery so (laughs) well if it works it works you know I think every poet that we publish has a very different approach and and makes of it what they will and I think that's one of the best things about poetry is that it's not just one type of person doing it it's lots of people that come from different okay. backgrounds and methods and, and ways of writing and ways of categorizing poems and, and sort of organizing that. And I think that's lovely. And I think that's one of the best things about, about my job is being able to have this variety, uh, including yourself, to, to publish every time. And every book is different and everyone's kind of come at a different angle from it. Um, and I think as well with the help of your channel and your, you know, uh, making poetry so accessible, I think you are able to show that to a lot of people as well, that poetry is very different and there's so many different things out there and there isn't just one type of way of, of writing or enjoying poetry as well. You know, there's that whole spectrum of like going to a reading of, you know, right down to the raucous, like angry, massive slams, everyone's drumming and yelling really loudly. And then, yeah, to the accessible online digital world, which more and more people have been using since the pandemic. But, you know, you've been there the whole time, just keeping it going, you know. It's almost like I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now you're sort of ready to take over the the poetry, the poetry world. Here we go. That's brilliant. (laughs) So. Uh, Lena, I mean, I feel so privileged to be able to have, have produced this book with Burning Eye for you. Um, and I'm really, really glad that you decided to work with us um, out of everybody you could have worked with. Um, I think our ethos is really well aligned and our, you know, love of accessible uh, performance poetry um, seems like a really good fit. So I'm so, so happy that the it book is here and out in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I love working with you, you as well. It's been really brilliant. I'm really glad I did. Yeah, I yeah, I couldn't have asked for um, someone who knows what they're doing as much as you do. So it's been <laughs> really great to have you on board, um, pushing yourself and knowing your knowing your worth and knowing your autonomy as a writer, and and projecting that out there. Um, I think it's been you've done a fantastic job of that. And congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
I'm just gonna try and take the compliment and not deflect it and be like, no. <laughs> like, take it, shove it in your take throat. It. No, take, wait, it. Yeah. take it. Um, and so we've reached that point of the episode now where I would like to invite you to read a poem from Bargain Bin Romcom. Yes, so I thought I'd just pick a cheerful one that kind of um kind of talk like em- emulates, that's not the word echoes the theme of the title and um, so this is called in the event of zombies and the whole poetry collection is about loads of different situations in which you might look at them and romanticize them and be like oh that's amazing but it's not quite what it seems um either whether that's between relationships between people or relationships between dogs and people or relationships between librarians and their books um so so this one's called the in the event of zombies and it's kind of a very strange love poem um here we go. In the event of zombies, I would shut up shop with you, batten down the hatches, wipe hope above the door and wait for ruin to pass over. I would stack cans out of tuna into a fortress and invite you to play nights. I would paint murals on our ceilings until the skies reopened, stitch blankets out of cancelled flights, then kick off all the living dead when they try to steal our muller lights. In summary, I think it's true. I would enjoy an apocalypse with you. Um, and that one, two people have read at their weddings already. Amazing. <laughs> I kind of enjoy, I'm like, that is not what I expected, but also didn't know that was giving wedding vibes, but apparently in this climate crisis age, a good, I would enjoy an apocalypse with you is the new- Very millennial. That's part. <laughs> very millennial isn't yeah. it like love in a time of disaster yeah, exactly. classic amazing so uh lena where can people get a copy of your book you can get it from anywhere it seems like <laughs> not quite mainly the burning eye website <laughs> um but you can also get it from waterstones or jbh smith or where, wherever you fancy really can they get it direct they, can't, they cannot get it direct at the moment. I'm directing everybody to you. <laughs> I don't oh, like hacking parcels. You know the drill. It's burningeye.co.uk. You can get Lena's uh, brand new collection. You can also see what we've got coming up um, in the autumn period and what we've just published over the last year. Actually, over the last 10 years, because it's our 10th anniversary this year. So you can buy pretty much anything you want from our web store over the last 10 years. Poetry is yours. Feast, feast upon the poetry. Uh, Lena, it's been so fantastic to talk to you today. Um, it's uh, been an absolute ride with you on this book, uh, which I'm sure we will continue to promote and put out there in the world. Um, and I will be seeing you in the autumn for a, an, uh, a little event, which I'm not allowed to talk about right now, but... That's all I'm going to give away to our listeners listening to this podcast episode. So keep your eyes peeled for some information about an upcoming event this October. Um, uh, Lena, it's amazing. You're amazing. The book's amazing. Um, Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. It's been great to have you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Latitude. Have all the fun in the world. (laughs) And don't get heat stroke. That's my plan. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Bye.